Hello and welcome to episode 79 of The Brand Lounge, the place for unfiltered conversations on big topics for small businesses. I'm Tammy Heels, founder of Shadowcat Creative, where I'm a personal brand and marketing consultant and I help service-based business owners to define and grow their brand and business. And today I am joined by the wonderful Sahara Lee, an integrated wellness expert at her business, Holistic Mojo. Thank you so much for joining me today, Sahara. Thank you so much for having me. I'm very excited to be here. I'm excited too. I love these conversations. So today, listeners, Sahara and I are going to be talking all about how to identify your strengths and how to accept our weaknesses as business owners and what we can do to both amplify what we're great at and maybe minimize the parts that aren't in aren't in our zone of genius shall we say <laughs> so Sahara let's kick things off I love starting the episode by taking things right the way back to basics so let's start with exploring kind of why is it important to know what our strengths and weaknesses are as a business owner I think it's important as a human as a body owner not just as a business owner because we we need to know, essentially when you know what your strengths are, you know what is going to be kind of like easy peasy lemon squeezy, you know, and you know, oh, okay, that's the thing I'm not so good at because let's be honest, we don't like the things we're not good at typically. We're not creatures that are like, let me just lean into this discomfort. You know, we have to be asked to do that. We have to teach ourselves to do that. We tend to be like, yeah, I mean, you see a kid, a kid is like, this is hard. I don't want to do this. Meh, temper tantrum ensues. (laughs) On some level that is also happening as adults. (laughs) So knowing that like, okay, these things that I really enjoy doing, like maybe I enjoy social media interactions and I know I'm going to blow through that and it's going to be quick and it's going to be easy and it's going to be joyful. So maybe not making that the first thing on my list of the day, you know, putting that at the end of the day or in the middle and doing the things that are less exciting and less easy and are going to take more mental capacity and more emotional capacity to do. Like for me, that is social media. I'm not great at it. I don't like it. (laughs) So for me, but I also get lost in it. So knowing that like within my weakness, I have an additional weakness of like, I will just, oh, look, puppies and kittens. (laughs) And I will wander off into the sunset of puppies and kittens. So it is a thing of like, set a timer. I know I need to do it for this amount of time. And then I can take a break on puppies and kittens. And then I can go do the things that I'm really strong at. Yeah. Knowing, knowing so that you can plan your day, you can plan your whole business plan around that stuff. Because if, if you're always putting off the things that you dislike, which you will, if you don't put them up front, you will put them off and you'll put them off. And then you will not only be doing something that you dislike and you're not good at, but you will be under the thumb of time. And then you will be a real horrible person to be around in those moments, including like even with yourself, you're going to be like, I don't even want to be with myself right now. No, I think there's so many good points in there. Um, yeah, I'm going to pick them out one at a time so we can dive a little bit deeper. But yes, furiously scribbling away. The productive and joyful side, like everything that you said, whereas like building your business plan around your strengths is the way that I wish I had embraced business when I first started. I wish that I had 
someone who does pretty much what I do now, what many of us do tend to preach, which is what you enjoy is where you're going to kind of flourish and thrive. And if you can build your business by focusing on those areas and building your plans around that and either outsource or minimize the involvement that you have to have in the bits that you don't kind of light you up or you don't enjoy or thrive in, then your business is not only going to feel easier to run but you're much more likely to be more successful quicker because you have that excitement and you want to show up for your business and you're going to be more visible and putting out kind of the energy and everything else where your clients are going to be like or your leads are going to be like yes I want to work with you because you're excited by your business I'm excited by your business let's do this thing whereas if you're showing up half-heartedly on social media and you're just like ugh. I'm here because I have to be like it's it's like when you see someone at um I would say a party I remember what those are I'm not that old (laughs) when you go to a party and you're just like there's someone there who is like engaging and you want to go and talk to them and then there's someone that clearly doesn't want to be there and you're like well who are you gonna who are you gonna go and want to spend that time with yeah absolutely and that's something that I've noticed because I work with clients one-on-one and now it's like you know it's actually like three people because we've got a computer between us. Yeah. Um, but like COVID reworked everything to where um, a lot of the stuff that I would normally push off onto somebody else or didn't have to worry about, um, like website design and things like that, I ended up having to, to rebrand my whole business and needing to redo my whole website because COVID not only killed the business I had, but therefore the money. So I didn't have the money to just throw at somebody and be like, can you make this look pretty? I have to learn it for myself. But if I've just spent five hours trudging through the hell of a web design situation for someone like me who does not do technology well, and then I have a client, God, I'm horrible. Yeah. Like I, I wouldn't want to have a session with me at that point. I don't even want to be in my own body at that point, let alone have a session with me. So I had to make a point that if I had a client, there needed to be like a cutoff time where I got, I had to stop doing the thing I didn't like doing and go for a walk, do something that I really enjoyed before I showed up for that client. Because otherwise it, I'm exactly that person in the corner of the room. Like I'm tired, I'm beaten down, I'm frustrated. Like I'm supposed to be a positive influence, but I'm in this place of feeling like I can't even function in the world <laughs> because I'm doing the hardest thing for me. So yeah, really making sure that, that you show up in the way you want to show up and you have to do the back end work, you know, behind the scenes to make that happen. It's interesting as well, because one of the points that I wanted to reflect back on that you perfectly brought up there for a wonderful segue is um, (laughs) the concept of emotional capacity, because everything that we do has an emotional cost, which is something that I never, you know, again, three years ago, four years ago, corporate Tammy would have been like, no, that's not how life works, but it does. Like there is an emotional exchange that happens whenever we choose to do tasks. And even if something is part of your strengths, like I would like to consider this podcast as one of my strengths. I love talking about what I do. I love talking with other business owners. I find that it lights me up. I enjoy it. I get, you know, I get energy from it. I also find it incredibly emotionally draining because I am an introvert. So knowing what your emotional capacity is for tasks that you both enjoy and that you don't enjoy. So those that are both part of your strengths and part of your weaknesses is so important to honor that and make sure that you have that balance 
because I know that it takes me probably three times longer than a lot of other people to do things like create my Instagram content because it takes a lot more energy from me. It's not something that I I enjoy it, but it's not where I would say that my absolute strengths lie. And then things like my accounts are definitely something that I would class as one of my weaknesses. And it takes me so long and it takes me a lot of emotional build up to be able to go, right, we're doing our accounts today because we've put it off for six days. And uh, my, my poor accountant is just like, hey, just checking in. And you're like, no. <laughs> <laughs> pretend you don't know me lose my number <laughs> just delete the email sorry I went into my spam folder <laughs> but there is that concept and I don't know if you have this over where you are as well of um eating the frog do you know of eating the frog so eating the frog <laughs> eating your frogs is effectively taking the worst task of your day and doing it fast So you're eating the frog of your day before you can go ahead and enjoy kind of, I think it was maybe a mindset book. I know it from various places. It's cropped up in my life a few times with people telling me to eat frogs um, in a metaphorical sense. It does not sound like a good breakfast. Yeah, right? (laughs) Protein. (laughs) Why not? But it is one of those concepts where you take the biggest, juiciest, meanest looking task that you're like, I don't want to do that. But you get it over and done with quickly because the worst tasks, if you can get them done, you're not procrastinating about them. They're not holding space in your mind for the rest of the day, because that's the other thing with weak, with the things that we don't feel strong about, the things that we do consider weaknesses is they will typically make themselves make themselves known by the way that we're procrastinating over doing them. Yeah. It's like a rainy cloud hanging over your head. Right. Absolutely. And it does cast a shadow over the amount of time that it takes you to actually take that step to do that task. And I think that that's why it's really important to identify okay, what are the tasks that I excel at that I know that I can do very quickly, but enjoy? And what are the tasks that maybe do not fit in that area that I either enjoy or that I feel confident with or that I feel good at? And it may even be something that you want to be better at, but it still takes that time and that energy. And then finding a way of kind of mixing up your day so you get a bit of both maybe. Because I mean, how do you, how do you approach these tasks? Do you, do you mix it up like a bit of a bit of good and a bit of less so good? I mean, on a good day when I do what I'm supposed to do. <laughs> I think I'm, it's theories are always so much easier than the actual ha- things that happen. Huh. So it is on a good day. I do do the things that I don't want to do <laughs> first. I do eat the frog. And then there are days where I have like no self-control and just slide into the abyss, <laughs> you know, get all the things done that I enjoy. And then it's like putting it off, putting it off, putting it off, putting it off. The thing I find though, and I, I need to find some way to kind of ride the wave of it is after I've done the thing that I've been dreading all day, I'm usually like, oh, that wasn't so bad. I wish I hadn't wasted my whole day because in all honesty, hindsight being what it is, when I look back, I've wasted personal time. I've wasted time that I would have gotten to do the things, the self-care, the things that really would have lit me up in my own life outside of my business. So I end up sacrificing more than more than just wasting business time. (laughs) I sacrifice personal time. I sacrifice workout time. I sacrifice outdoor time. And that's always really unfortunate. And I think that that is like, like writing a note and putting a post-it 
up somewhere that says, you know, like my, my, my private quality time is important. And just like something that keeps reminding you or like a reminder on your phone that pops up that is like, are you doing, are you in alignment with yourself? Like just a question that pops up a couple of times a day on your phone, like one of those little reminder alarms. Are you in alignment with yourself? Cause those are good ways to kick your own butt. Yeah, I know that feeling as well. I, I mean, there are there are so many different ways that I've tried because, you know, we're only human and I'm not going to sit here and go, the solution is this because honestly, I don't have it. Like I have solutions that help in certain situations and I'm getting better at identifying what I need at that point. But it can vary so much from day to day and week to week. And some weeks it'll be I get to Thursday usually because I try and keep my Fridays more of a, I say a productive day. I try and keep my Fridays free so that they're there for anything I haven't done in the rest of the week. Because, you Mm. know, shit happens. You don't know what's going to go on. But I remember someone telling me that it's always worthwhile booking in. And I tried this and I found it really helpful every day or every other day, just book in a little bit of free time for like your shit happens hour or your buffer, if you don't, you know, your buffer hour. So that if something overruns or if um, you have, a, you know, a lead or a potential client call that books in with you or something took you twice as long as you're expecting or half the time you're expecting, you've got this amount of time where you can give yourself a little bit of grace with getting those tasks done without it being a complete oh it's fine I'll just leave it until tomorrow because I don't have time now (laughs) Mm -hmm. and I found that was very helpful yeah I think also when you talk about grace giving ourselves the grace some days to just be like you know what I just want to lay on the couch yeah Because it is also sometimes even the the things that we love and enjoy, our strengths are just, we just need a day off. And and it might be an emotional thing, a hormonal thing, a moon thing, uh, you know, like all the stars aligned. It doesn't matter. Like sometimes we have to make the executive decision to lay on the couch and watch TV and eat popcorn all day. Yeah. (laughs) And that that is a huge part about being an adult is when you're a kid, you want to do that all the time. And you just do that instead of doing the things you need to do. Being an adult requires you to have the discernment and the clarity of mind to go, no, 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 no. I'm not just being lazy. I legitimately really need this me day to just veg and I'll come back and I'll kick ass and take names tomorrow. But today, today I'm just, yeah, I'm mush on the couch. I think that that's important as well though, because So often when I'm speaking to other business owners and one of the key reasons why I wanted my business is the flexibility that it offers. Like we we can take a day off midweek if we need to. We can take hours off. This week I, I sacked off everything on Monday afternoon because I just wasn't feeling it. And instead I actually did a bunch of stuff around my house that I would have been putting off until the weekend because... It was stuff that I didn't want to do anyway. Adulting, adulting things like tidying and I'm decluttering my house at the moment. And it's one of those where it's still something that I wanted to do, but I was trying to put it off and giving myself the permission to sack off the work that I didn't want to do in order to make space for the house stuff that I did kind of want to do. It was nice to have that flexibility and that judgment call that I could make that. But yeah, it is. It is interesting that we as business owners do tend to put a lot of pressure on ourselves to like push through these tasks. And I would honestly say that if you are finding that you're putting a task off and putting a task off and you really don't want to do it, and you really don't want to do it. Literally have a look and see 
why does it need to be done? Like, is this just busy work? Is this something that you think you should do? Because if it's that hard, how is it benefiting your business? Mm -hmm. Or maybe you just need to hand it off to somebody else to do. Exactly. Yeah. Because it, because the cost versus the emotional weight is always your, I'm a firm believer that as long as you choose yourself, you will be provided for. So in that, that trust of like, I don't really have the hundred dollars to have somebody come and do this, but it's killing me. (laughs) Opening up that emotional space and trusting that I am choosing myself and, and I will be provided for. It's like every single time that hundred dollars shows up in a way I didn't expect it to show up. Literally, sometimes you just find it in your pocket. (laughs) or you find it on the ground. Um, So trusting, trusting in like the emotional weight, the emotional cost versus the financial cost. And that, that, you know, yeah, sometimes just taking that financial hit in the moment to boost your emotional bank account is going to actually boost your financial bank account as well. Yeah, I think that that's a really great way of looking at it because so often we will spend so much time agonizing over these tasks and it's like, oh, I've put this task off literally for like a month and a half or six weeks. You're like, how much does your time cost if that was a client? Because if that, like from an objective point of view, if you are a very objective person from a strategic point of view, does it make sense that you are literally spending time, energy, and emotional time procrastinating over this task because you'll probably start it, put it to one side. So it's taking up all of this time out of your day. And when you add that up, you probably could outsource it to someone who specializes in it and they can get it done in an hour. What you've been, there's the meme that I keep seeing going around on Instagram. It's like, I finally did that one task I've been putting off for months and it took me 15 minutes. And it's like, yes, that's exactly it. (laughs) If you're working with an expert, if you're working with someone that can take this off your hands for you, and it's not a part of your strengths, it's not something that you're keen to learn, it's not something that you want to, at this stage, invest time and energy into, Yeah, just, just get that off your plate, move on with your world, focus on the stuff that makes you happy. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> to identifying strengths I feel like we're going to cover strengths first and then we'll have a look at weaknesses as well because if you're new to the entrepreneurial world or if you're just starting a business I feel like my only experience of strengths and weaknesses really from a me looking at my strengths and weaknesses was either in the corporate world from like appraisals like how do you think that you've done in these last six months to be filed away and never looked at again or it's in that interview situation where it's like, what would you say is your, what is it? What would you say is your weakness? And you're like, I need a weakness that sounds like a strength. What do I do? <laughs> so when it comes to identifying your strengths within yourself, because we don't like tooting our own horns too much. Do you have any recommendations on how to kind of just tune into that and really identify and embrace them? Well, usually they're the things you enjoy, but I think really what I do for work actually is what taught me about the strengths and weaknesses and how important they are. And I just found myself talking over and over and over with clients about like, this is your strength and this is your weakness and going through the like resistance that people have to hearing their weaknesses and that swirling in my head for so many years. So I do integrated medicine. So I use various different forms of medicine. One of them is Ayurvedic medicine. And that is with the five elements. 
And each element has a positive attribute and a negative attribute. So if you look at someone who has a lot of earth, they are typically very grounded and they are great at nurturing people. Um, They're really good at holding space for difficult conversations. They're good at providing emotional help. They're kind of that soft, squishy place to go and like rest. You can feel safe with them. You know, uh, a person with a lot of fire is going to be very direct and they're going to be a great leader and you're going to be able to go to them and be like, Hey, can I pick your brain for a second? And they're like, hell yes. And then they will give you a million answers and a million different ways that you can do what you need to get done. Um, someone with a lot of air and wind, they're going to be somebody who, if you go to with, with, a question, they're going to have this amazing broad spectrum of, well, what if, well, what if, what if they're the what ifers. Someone with a lot of water is going to be able to feel the emotion and suss out the emotion. So I think when people start to understand who they are, but you have to actually get quiet (laughs) and ask yourself the hard questions that society is not teaching us to do right now. Um, Although the world seems to be asking us to slow down, hold still, be with yourself. (laughs) And people are like, no, I must, I must go out. I must still date. I must do all these things. And it's like the universe is literally asking you to just sit right now. And if people could sit and if they would sit, then they would, the whole world would open up. And some of it would be uncomfortable and you'd be like, man, I'm not good at that. And this is my weakness because for all of those beautiful positive attributes, there's also negative attributes, you know, but if you don't sit and you don't know yourself, you're never going to know what your strengths and your weaknesses are. You're going to know what other people think your strengths and weaknesses are, because that's always the one thing, you know, you, you do these like self-help courses and these like, um, these uh, personal development and and even professional development. And it's like, ask five people what your weaknesses are, what your strengths are, but it's never ask yourself. We're always looking outside of ourselves. And I think in order to really honor and understand our strengths and our weaknesses, we have to be within ourselves and then go, yeah, you know what? I'm really good at that. But society doesn't value people that go, yeah, I'm really good at that. I mean, we do in some, in like a backwards way, we value people that know their worth, but don't want them to openly know their worth. You know, like you, it's to be like, yeah, I'm a badass woman. People are like, whoa, whoa, whoa. You're just a little bit too much but they want you to silently express that you're a badass woman. So it's a a little bit of a tightrope out there in the world. But I think if enough people really start to honor who they are and where their strengths are and where their weaknesses are, that's going to change. Because if, if we're all going inside and owning ourselves, doing that gives other people permission. So when people start to give you attitude about it, that's their stuff. That's their resistance to owning their own power. So own your own power. I think that can be everybody's biggest strength. You can just own it. (laughs) I love that that so much because I completely agree. There's this huge, there's this huge thing on social media and it's been around for a little while now where it's like, oh, female empowerment and we lift each other up and, you know, we support each other and you always support each other. And, but as soon as someone rises, it's the tall poppy syndrome, isn't it? As soon as someone does actually go, you know what? I am damn good at what I do. And you like whoa there hang on like we didn't say that it was okay for you to like we didn't acknowledge that first so Mm -hmm. it's almost like you're fine with other people 
saying what they're good at and embracing and, and feeling empowered as long as you empowered them to feel empowered to start with. And it's just, it's just so ridiculous. <laughs> it really annoys me. And I see so many people and I've been that person where I'm just like, I'm so afraid of speaking up and embracing and saying what I'm good at that it, it meant that for a long time, my business and my life was being built to someone else's dreams, to someone else's standards and now I, I don't know whether it's because as soon as I hit 30 and then 35, I was just like, you know what? I don't really care anymore. Like, I feel very comfortable with who I am. I feel very loved by everyone who's in my world now because I've got rid of anyone else who didn't empower me in that way. And it's given me the confidence. I think the final confidence step that I had was really owning what I wanted to do in my business and saying like I don't want to do this anymore I want to do this because this is where I know I excel and it feels terrifying to literally announce to the world that you're just by your actions if not by your voice what you identify as your own strengths but at the end of the day like you're building your future no one else's so why do you really give a crap about what anyone else thinks exactly (laughs) yeah if you can help other people to be better, feel better, do better, have more of an impact, create their own worlds and feel better in their own lives. Because that's effectively why a lot of us go into business and in whatever it is that we're doing, we're creating an impact for others. Then why why do you care if someone turns around and goes, how dare you say you're good at that? It's like, well, I am. Like, I'm not going to turn around and say I'm not. Uh, Equally, don't (laughs) go around pointing out and everyone going, you're really shit at that. Why are you doing (laughs) it? encouragement guys in all forms (laughs) but but I will say to that it is good to have that that person in your life who will wake you up when you're struggling with something and being like you are shit at that (laughs) with love (laughs) yeah why don't you also it's not a judgment yes it's more of a like fact yeah. <laughs> like this is not your strong point. Why don't you, you know, I know somebody who this is a strong point. Want me to connect you? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Because that's still in a supportive way, isn't it? Because it's not going, you're really shit at that. It's more like this is having a never negative impact on you. Like as someone who knows you, as someone who cares for you, I can see that this is having a negative impact on you and what you're trying to build. So have you considered an alternative? Because if one of your weaknesses, like mine, hands up, is stubbornness, it can be really hard to kind of let that go and let someone else take over, even though it makes sense from all of the logical standpoints. But still, if you're stubborn and impatient, those two combined, really hard to outsource. But you kind of need to get out of your own way and let it happen so that you can focus on your strengths because you're going to be happier other people are excelling because you're outsourcing the stuff that they're great at. It's just a much better way of working, I think. Yeah, absolutely. And all of our weaknesses are also our strengths and all of our strengths are also our weaknesses. It depends on time, place, wind direction, (laughs) (laughs) what we had for breakfast. Day of the May and the full moon. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. And that's, I mean, that is, that is what I do for work essentially is I teach people how to connect so that they know what, what direction the wind is coming and therefore what, what 
this is a strength today and this is not a strength. So it's like, I am very much like you. I'm very like stubborn and, um, and impatient. And, I'm, and that can be used in a really beautiful way that can be used as a beautiful directive and a, and a leadership quality. But there are definitely times where I'm out of balance and I'm, I'm going to be a dragon and I have to recognize in those moments, oh, I'm sliding into, I'm, I'm moving away from being like a gracious leader and into a tyrannical, you know, dragon. And I clearly need to outsource this right now. Um, it's, the, you know, like the what if person can be a beautiful, creative, explorative place to be, but they also can slide into what if, well, what if that bad thing happens? You know, they, so it is, it is knowing where you are. Because all of your weaknesses are your strengths and all of your strengths are your weaknesses. It's just different. And it will be. I think it's the balance, isn't it? It's always going to be the balance. And I know that we're talking a lot about outsourcing. And I know that that's not always an option for others. But if you're sat there and you've got tasks where you're like, I would outsource this if I could, but I can't. It's not an option for me at the moment. There are ways that you can work around that. Like, is there a way that you can minimize the amount that you have to do in that task for now? Is it absolutely business critical? Is it just a social media platform that you're like, I really hate Facebook, but I have to show up on there. This is permission just to go sack it off. If, if it's not of any benefit in the moment, your time would be better spent so elsewhere. Yeah. Or elsewhere. Go and do what you enjoy. Whereas if it's something that's like, I really hate doing my accounts, but I know I need to get them over to my accountant then maybe exactly like you were saying earlier, Sahara, like sandwich it between tasks that bring you joy because you're one, you're building yourself up with a positive mindset to approach it, but equally you're giving yourself a reward with a positive task at the end of it. Like a, like yeah. a shit sandwich. <laughs> you've got the good, then you've got the crap and then you've got the good again. So, and I think that we've talked a lot before and I'm sure that you'll, you're, I have the feeling that you'll probably be the same where we need to celebrate everything that we do that is a success. And I think that that even goes as far as celebrating when you've completed a task that you didn't want to do, even if it's just a moment. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. You know, like it, sometimes you do have to put the carrot in front of the hair and trudge on. So, you know, like what if I do this, then I get to do this other thing that I really love, but you know, I'm going to force myself to, to wait to do that. And you know, what you were saying is sometimes we just don't have the ability to not do the thing that we need to do. So I think a lot of us are in that boat with the whole COVID situation where maybe money has, has stopped coming in in a certain way and we need to, you know, redo things. And, you know, I found myself coming off of six months laid up with surgery, having not been able to work right into COVID. So I was already at the bottom of my bank account when COVID decided to, to kill my business. And for me, I had to rebrand with no money in a foreign country at the time. Cause I wasn't, I was living in Sweden where I wasn't legal to work. So I had, I couldn't just go out and get a job to help supplement things while I rebuilt my business. I had to literally just jump into the trenches. And that is when we have to get resourceful. And I think the internet is a beautiful place for that. Social media is a great place for that because you can't, like, I just put out like a, I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> Can somebody help me with this? And so many people show up who have the skills and are willing to donate their time, donate their knowledge 
And I've rebuilt my business and I've rebuilt my website and I am not good at those things. And I'm so grateful, you know, to the people that helped me. And, and I had the time, I wasn't doing anything else. So I, instead of just people being like, I can just do this for you and it'll take me 10 minutes as opposed to 10 hours. And I said, no, as much as I hate doing this, please teach me, you know, so that I can be empowered in my lack of knowledge, because I have the time, I might as well not always end up having to call somebody when my website goes down. Instead, I can learn how to do this stuff. And then it went from, I would rather dig a hole, (laughs) dig a well with a spoon um, than do this to, I'm excited now to redo my website because I'm empowered. And it's like, oh, I want to change that thing. And I can have immediate gratification because I can just go and change it as opposed to needing to call somebody and being like, hey, when do you have time to change the thing? So when when you are stuck in a situation where you might not have the resources, we are living in a day and age where we don't have to walk across the planet to get those resources. We can just get on social media and go, hey, anybody know? Dot, dot, dot. There's probably a, a Facebook group for that. There's most likely an app for that. So instead of feeling, getting overwhelmed, because I definitely was there, in that hopeless, helpless feeling. I probably spent a couple days on the couch (laughs) and not in a good way, but going, okay, this feels like more than I can carry. How can I find support in carrying this? And then instead of making it about the, the problem, the thing that's weighing you down, making it more about the solution. How can I solve this? Not just me. And that feels more sustainable. Like that feels... That feels like, well, all I need to do is ask. And if I think any business owner, any human really, because <laughs> humans are business owners, there's a great book by Amanda Palmer called The Art of Asking. She does a TED Talk too. So she did this amazing TED Talk um, that was so incredibly like life-changing and well-received that she ended up writing a book off of it. And I, she's got a podcast now out as well. And it's, it's amazing. It's about, she was a street performer while she was in college. And she's like, I made a business out of asking because I wasn't working. She was working, but it wasn't your traditional type of working where there's an exchange. I do this many hours. I get this much money. It was, I'm going to share a connection. And she talks about, she was uh, the painted bride. So she would paint herself all white and she wore a wedding gown and she would carry flowers. She'd pick flowers and hold them. And when somebody came up and put money in her, in her hat, she would lean over and she would give them very intense direct eye contact and hand them a flower. And if they didn't want to take the flower, she would, you know, like get sad (laughs) and take the flower. And she's like, I learned so much about humanity in those moments and about asking. And she was the first of the musicians to open up a platform of donation-based music. If I open myself up and I ask to be respected, they will come. And she did this one, one thing at a concert where she stripped naked, blindfolded herself and had a pen in her hand and people could draw on her and, and touch her and do anything. You know, like what an amazing piece of performance art of trust, you know? So they are asking like, who can I ask for help? Even if it's just to call and complain for, I just need five minutes to complain. Can you do that? Can you listen and hold that space for me while I just get this off my chest? What an amazing gift that can be for somebody. Oh, absolutely. And I think that it's really important because I feel like there is, there's this huge stigma around asking for help, although we're always encouraged to do it. 
like it's like there's no such thing as a stupid question but when you do ask a question particularly on the internet where people are hidden behind their keyboards that sometimes you do get should we say less kind responses and sometimes it may just be you know we have the issue as well that fonts do not convey emotions like that's why we have emojis literally why they're there but text alone doesn't convey the intent or the emotional kind of attachment to the words that you're asking so if you've worded it in a slightly different way whether that's cultural differences whether it's language differences whether it's just because you word it in a way that other people don't receive it or they read it differently there are so many ways that you can trip yourself up when you're asking for help but I feel like it's so important to have that network around you. And this is literally the point of having a network. As business owners, we talk about having a network so often. A network isn't just a group of people you can sell to every now and then. Like your network is there to support you. So you can ask for help. I did it. I did it a few months ago where I was just like, I'm feeling a little bit stuck and I don't know what I need, but this is how I'm feeling right now. This is where I want to go. This is where I'm at. It's the middle bit I don't know about. Can anyone recommend someone that can maybe help me see the path between A and B? And sometimes you need that outside influence. And I had some wonderful conversations from that from people within my network. And it wasn't about them selling me something. It wasn't about me selling to them. It wasn't about me going, oh, I'm really stuck with this and I can help you with it. Like it wasn't any kind of underhanded tactics. It was all about just genuinely asking for some support and some direction because we all need it. Whatever we do. I When I was working as a designer, I still needed help from other designers to make sure that the design that I was doing made sense. So yeah, yeah it's okay to ask for that help. <laughs> yeah. When I was writing my book, I I sent the five element theory, the Ayurveda session, section of the book to people who had no understanding of Ayurveda. And I did that on purpose. I sent it to like 10 different people. Mm-hmm. And I said, what about this? Do you understand? And what about this? Do you not understand? And they'd send it back feedback and I refined it and I refined it and I refined it until the least knowledgeable about natural medicine person could understand it easily, you know? And it's like, the whole, the whole world around us are tools to be utilized. We just have to get creative. And in those moments when we're feeling backed into a corner, we don't always feel super creative. So that's when it's extra important to have a network of some sort that you can fling it out into and say, help, (laughs) I'm stuck. (laughs) You know, give me your feedback, give me your opinions. And, and other humans are our, our biggest natural resource. Yeah, absolutely. And it's a wonderful way of kind of filling in where maybe you have a lack in, whether it's a skill gap or it's a weakness or whether it's, you know, lack of confidence, whatever it is, by reaching out to others where they may have that strength, you're only strengthening your business because you're getting the answers that you need. And it's helping others as well, because, you know, it is about balance. And it's one of the concepts you could do, particularly if you're early in your business or even later in your business, whenever, is you could do a skill swap. And I've done skill swaps with other business owners where I'm like, hey, I either do not want to or cannot do this or it's not a priority for me, but I want it to be done. I know that this is one of your strengths, but I also noticed that you were struggling with this the other day. So how about we do a little swap and see if we can support each other? Because then even if 
you have a financial barrier, you can still bring value to the table. It's not for everyone. It is completely up to you if that's something that you want to do. And I highly recommend that you outline the details of the swap in an email, just putting just putting the structure there. But it can be a really great way to find that balance because like you were saying, Sahara, it's all about that balance. Like your strengths and your weaknesses balance each other out. I think that even when it's something that is a strength, you can always get better. And having other people around you that might have a different perspective is super helpful as well. So we don't always have to outsource just our weaknesses. We can kind of reach out and outsource our our strengths as well. Because like I can talk about Ayurveda all day. That's my strength. But reaching out to people, to other people and getting their perspective on it made me a better teacher, you know, and made me a better author. (laughs) So it is important sometimes just to get perspective on things and, and you can take it or leave it. Like, that's the thing, just because you ask for help or ask for someone's opinion doesn't mean that you have to take it. I can ask for it and go, come back, always come back to yourself. You know, when, even when, when you ask people, what are my strengths and what are my weaknesses, always come back to yourself and go, is that, or is that just somebody's perception? You know, because people are full of bullshit. we all come from our own history. We all have our own baggage, all have our own crap that we're working through. So just because somebody says it about you does not mean it is true. Even if you asked for it. Yeah. And even if it's something you're saying to yourself. Oh God. Yes. That is, that was a huge revelation to me when I had real issues with negative self-talk. And it was one of those where I beat myself up and I'd internalize it and I'm sure that we all know those conversations that you have when you're in the shower or wherever else and your brain's just going on one. And that one question of asking myself, like, is that true? That has been really helpful for me to be able to kind of identify when I am genuinely identifying something that I am struggling with or whether it's something where my brain is just having a field day and just being a bit mean. And Mm. these thoughts, or you say these things out loud, or I'm quite a clumsy person, like, it's just part of my charm, I think. Cheers, mum. But it's one of those things where I'm like, instead of dropping something and going, oh, I always do something wrong. It's like, well, is that true? And it's like, no, I guess not. So it's helped me to curb that. I highly recommend that you try it, listeners. If you are someone who does find negative self-talk a bit, a bit challenging, just ask yourself after those thoughts. It's like, yeah, but is that true? Because mm-hmm. probably not. <laughs> yeah. I mean, talking about negative or like negative attributes or, or weaknesses, I think that is probably everyone on this entire planet's number one weakness is the way we talk to ourselves. I don't care how woke you are. I guarantee you are a complete jerk to yourself on an hourly basis mm-hmm. in some way, shape or form. Yeah, I agree with that. The number of times that I've just sat there and I'm just like, why brain? Why, why is this the direction that you've taken this, like this internalized conversation? It's like, this is not, this isn't helpful. (laughs) Not even a little bit. No. (laughs) Yeah, it's what we do. It's a part of being human, but we can catch ourselves and then we can remind ourselves that we're awesome. Yeah. Yeah, we are. We spend our days converting elements and gases into different gases. That's pretty impressive. Yeah. And it's like every seven years, there's not a single cell in our body that was the same 
seven years prior. We're a completely different freaking creature. Yeah. Yeah. That always blows my mind. My other half is very much a, a science, a science guy, um, loves the science. And I always, when he reminds me of that, it's like literally every seven years, every cell in your body is no longer the same as it was seven years ago. And just like, oh, that's weird. Yeah. Yeah, it's just baffling. So just wait seven years, guys. You'll be fine. Um, <laughs> maybe that's the whole broken mirror. Is it seven years of bad luck? Because by that point, it's just out of your system. <laughs> well, I think there's so many like cycles of seven. I mean, there's cycles of seven in like every science out there, really. And it makes you really think like if every cell in my body is different every seven years, then why am I still being traumatized by something that happened 40 years ago? Then you have to recognize that, oh, it's a choice. I'm choosing to take that pain. I'm choosing to take that belief. I'm choosing to take that pattern with me instead of healing it. Because like I'm 38, how many times have I shifted to a completely different human being? If I'm still upset about something that happened when I was five, (laughs) that's me. I need to do the work to let that go. Yeah. Talk about weaknesses, letting things go as humans. Another weakness that we all have. (laughs) And like, I think it's just a continual improvement. And that's, that's something as well to touch on is the fact that something that you may consider your weakness is just that you haven't found your way of making it a strength. Mm -hmm. So it's (laughs) trying to explain this in a certain way, but it's kind of like something that you, I never thought I was a confident speaker but it's just that I hadn't found the platform and found the, the the right things for me to talk about and the right format for me to talk about, where actually now it's one of the things that I would consider a strength. And it's just so bizarre that I literally spent like 30 years of my life, 30 something years of my life, thinking that, oh, you just, you can't talk to people about what you're passionate about because it just doesn't come out right. And now it's like, no, I'm good at this. It's just finding the way it's finding the right way to channel it for me rather than listening to what other, again, rather than listening to other people giving me their advice on what worked for them, take what resonates, try it out, find what works for you. And then you can convert those weaknesses potentially into strengths or just, you know, outsource them and get them off your desk. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's the thing. I love that you're talking about this so much because, because it, we, so often things that we think of our, of our weaknesses are not, and it is perspective and it is just shifting. And I feel that from a marketing standpoint, there is, it's a multi-billion dollar business, this marketing and people telling you what you need to do and how you need to do it in order to be successful. And you know, for me, all of this, you know, you have to find your, your five ideal clients, and then you have to post every single day on social media to those five ideal clients. And I'm just like, I would rather die. (laughs) I would rather die. I would rather die a slow, horrific, painful death than do that. But you know what? I can get on a podcast and talk with people for days, (laughs) you know, and, and I feel like that is probably has a far reach and for a longer period of time than a Facebook post that I was begrudgingly making, you know? So it is finding your weakness or finding your strength within your weakness is so important. And it's like, sometimes it's not your weakness. It's just like not the way you need to do things. 
that's not who you are and that is freaking okay exactly this is it we're all different and I feel like particularly since I've delved more into helping people with identify like literally identifying what they enjoy doing in marketing and helping them build marketing plans around that that align through to their brand which is based on who they are it makes the whole process easier and when you have people that are like I actually really enjoyed posting on insert platform channel whatever it was And I got such a good response. And it's like, well, yeah, of course you did, because it felt right for you. It was right for your business. And you enjoyed it. Like, if you enjoy writing social media captions, your social media will take off. If you enjoy writing blog posts, you're more likely to get eyes to come and see it because you're going to you're going to increase the visibility yourself from a strategic point of view, because you're like, I'm really proud of this blog post. This has got some damn good content in there. I'm going to tell everyone about it. Whereas if you wrote something and you're like, you know what, I'm not, I don't really enjoy writing. I don't feel like this was very good. You're not going to tell anyone. So it's not going to do as well. So, yeah, I really liked what you said about um, weaknesses uh, can often be just your perspective. I think that that's such an important point to kind of realize and the connection to make. Yeah, absolutely. I know for me, because I am one of those what if people. So I'm all like, what if? And then I'm like, but what if, <laughs> you know, like so different, same, same, but different um, that when I write things, I can, what if it to death in the negative aspect and then delete it. But when I'm on someone's podcast, I have to, I have to let it go. And immediately when my brain goes, but what if in a fearful manner, it's like, well, it's not mine. I it's out there now. And <laughs> It might have been an uncomfortable conversation or a scary conversation or whatever, but what if, you know? So you find the the platform that gives you um, the most unharnessed freedom, I guess, where you are not going to self-sabotage yourself and where you are not going to mute yourself and where you can what if in a negative manner all day and it's not going to matter because (laughs) it's not yours to do with. It's really funny because it's something I come back to quite often because I I have a tendency to, and I'm not going to say whether it's a strength or weakness because I'm not sure. It's just something that I, rec- a pattern that I recognize within myself is that I go through phases of almost losing my, losing my voice, like not knowing what I want to talk about, how I want to talk about it. And it just feels like it builds up and I, I, it happens regularly. Like it builds up and builds up and then it clears and I feel good for a few months and then it will start to build up again. And I think it's just the natural cycle that I have fallen into and I'm happy with that. It's fine because I can identify it. But the questions that I ask, and these might help you as well, if you're sat there listening to this and you're like, I'm not quite sure where I want to show up or what my strengths are. The question I ask is like, how do I want to be heard in my business? Like, how do I want to make money? How do I want to be heard? How do I want to be seen? And for me, shockingly, it's talking. I love talking about what I do. I could do it always. Like, I love it. Podcasts, brilliant. And that's the next step is, well, where can you do that? So if I want to build my business by and be heard by talking, podcast, video, Clubhouse is a brilliant platform for me. Instagram stories, just general networking. And then I ask myself, what's stopping me? List it all out and then flip that around. And literally for every point that I've written down for what's stopping me, 
I write the opposite of like so for example I've got one here whereas like the lack of I don't know what to say and it's like well actually I do know what to say I have a huge list of topics and experience and expertise that I can easily have a conversation about so what was the last conversation I had and how can I use that as part of my content like literally take all of those objections and flip them flip them around to what it needs to be I would add to that ask yourself what you're afraid of nice yeah fear usually comes up and like, what's stopping me it's like I'm scared and it's like well it'll get better with practice <laughs> like literally diving in like what is the worst thing that could possibly happen if I did this and you know just going through the list of fears is like once you get them out of your body oftentimes you can look at it and go like oh that's not even valid <laughs> like that's just ridiculous but it gets it out of you <laughs> yeah and I think what you're doing is beautiful I don't I think it is like a natural cycle of growth and the the discomfort is just the growing pain it is you questioning yourself which is a great a great thing to do. Like we should all be regularly questioning ourselves and our beliefs and our opinions and where we're going and what we're doing and how we're doing it and who we're taking with us. Like, man, we would all be so much happier (laughs) if we did a monthly check-in or a, you know, bi-monthly check-in. Yeah, absolutely. And I think another key question to ask yourself, if you do have a fear that's coming up is, does this fear come from me or does this fear come from someone else? (laughs) got a round of applause for that one guys oh my god (laughs) yes (laughs) yeah it's so important and actually the second episode that I ever third episode sorry second guest third episode I ever did for this podcast was with um Hayley Jenkins and we talked about the impact of other people's limiting beliefs and if you're looking for an episode to line up after this one, I'd highly recommend going and having a listen to that one if you missed it, because we talked all about recognizing when it's something that's stopping you from you and when it's something that's stopping you from someone else and kind of our experiences with that. And oh my goodness, it was like a whole therapy session. I had a blast. <laughs> that is amazing. Yeah. Other people's like our limiting beliefs are heavy enough, but then you put other people's limiting beliefs on us and yeah. All <laughs> new ones sprout up out of, out of that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, how many times have you just been told you're bad at something? You've been told that something is a weakness and then you get to a point in your life and you're like, wait a minute, I'm actually really good at that. And it was someone else's jealousy. And we want to think, you know, that our parents would never put stuff like that on us, but our parents are human and they're flawed. And there might've been something that triggered a younger aspect of them when you were a kid and it, you, you created a fear of being really good at something and you've just created this belief that I'm bad at this. I'm bad at this. I'm bad at this. And it's like, no, they were just afraid their own stuff was coming up, you know, or teachers do this a lot. You see, you know, you always hear these stories of something a teacher said, like when I work doing energy work with clients, it's like, well, when I was seven, my, my second grade teacher said this to me and these, you know, and they're like 47 now they've carried it for 40 years. So it's like, this is real valid stuff. When you ask yourself, is this mine? Like that is so valid. What an important question. Yeah. I just, I wish that it was I have so many of these. I wish that I had this podcast years ago so I could have kind of like worked through a lot of these realizations along the way because with every person that I speak to, 
I feel like I'm getting such a wonderful new perspective or way of looking at things that I can think about and work out how to incorporate other people's experience and learn from it rather than taking on other people's opinions and that's been such a shift for me um and it's done massive things to help with my self-confidence and it means that I've done things like starting this podcast when I never considered it a strength so yeah anyone who's out there look inwards exactly like Sahara was saying and just spend some time considering whether something that you do do you enjoy it are you good at it do you want to be good at it and kind of how are you feeling around that whole concept? <laughs> yeah. And if you don't feel that you're good at it, is that a is that something that is valid? Like, is that you're really not good at it or something somebody told you? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah. The one that I hate the most is being told. I can't remember who it was, but it was one of my teachers at school, I think. And it was like, they had this huge thing about being humble. Like, you have to be humble. And it's like, yeah, but if I got something right and if I did well, that should be celebrated. But no, it's like, be humble. I think there's a difference between being humble. You can be humble and still celebrate what you're good at. Yeah. And I mean, fuck being humble. (laughs) Well, (laughs) that is such a, I mean, and that honestly stems from mainly church, I think, you know, from, from we are, we are probably maybe the first generation to be not quite governed totally by the church, um, to have a little bit more open, open thought. And I mean, maybe the first, maybe that's not quite the right thing. We're the first generations maybe to really openly question without necessarily negative response. Yeah. I think that it's, this is such a huge topic. Um, (laughs) Four hours from now, we're still talking. (laughs) But it is such a huge topic because I agree. I think that the world has opened up in such a way through the introduction of things like the internet and also just the way that society progresses and and everything like that. I think that it started with the generation before us where there was a little bit more leniency around kind of um, how religion was handled through families and then through our experience now as our generation. It's almost like you have almost like permission from society to question and explore a lot more because you're being exposed to the realities of other options, which I don't think was always there before. Like I remember my RE lessons being taught like the facts and statistics in air quotes that I don't remember, but now you can have conversations with people from different cultures, different backgrounds, different experiences, different religions, everything. And you can actually understand from their personal experience and perspective and have those conversations rather than just being told certain facts, facts in air quotes again, because you never know, do you? There's always multiple sides to everything. So, yeah, the truth is multidimensional. Yes. And objective and subjective. (laughs) My other half was the ministry of truth. And to be honest, I just feel like that would be such a head scratcher how you get onto the, to getting that set up. But sounds like something out of Harry Potter. <laughs> 
Um, awesome. I think that we're going to wrap it up there rather than going on for several more hours. But I have absolutely loved this conversation with you, Sahara. Thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you for having me. It's really been fabulous. So my last question for you will be, from everything that we've discussed today, if the listeners wanted to go away and maybe take action on one point or do something to start looking and identifying or accepting their strengths and weaknesses, what would you recommend? Um, I would recommend getting quiet, but I'm, I'm reading um, Untethered by Glennon Doyle right now. And she talks about she locked herself in her closet for 10 minutes every day. Okay. <laughs> dark. It was dark and it was quiet. And she was recognizing that she kept asking out for things instead of looking in. And I just was like, man, if I could fit in my closet, (laughs) (laughs) too many clothes. But I love that analogy of just get someplace that's dark and it's quiet and it's, it's almost pressing on you and just be with yourself for 10 minutes a day where, you know, kids can't get you, the dog can't get you, your partner can't get you, turn your phone off, your friends, your family, your boss can't get you. Um, and that's like, this is my mental health moment. I'm taking 10 minutes to go insane within myself. This is my mental insanity moment in many ways to calm this chaos that's going on around me by going deep inside me. So I would say lock yourself in a closet for 10 minutes every day. <laughs> Get there quiet. you go, guys. <laughs> Your task right now is to go and find a closet that you can lock yourself in. <laughs> pantries would be good. <laughs> no, then you'd sit there and eat. <laughs> uh, right, yeah, I see my You'd be like, oh, chips. <laughs> oh, hey, a cookie for my mental health moment. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. So thank you once again. And where can the listeners find more of you online, Sahara? Everything about me is on my website, Holistic Mojo. So you can go there in the upper right-hand corner. There's a bunch of icons that will take you to my Instagram, my Facebook, my, I'm more on Instagram because I do enjoy taking pictures. (laughs) So that's my social media really is taking pictures of things and then asking questions. Yeah. My Etsy page is there, my YouTube, everything you can reach me through holisticmojo.com. Perfect. I'll pop the links in the show notes as always. So the listeners can come and find more of you and listeners be sure to come back here on Thursday when Sahara will be sharing her business journey so far in her brand story episode. And until then, I'd love to know how you feel about potentially looking at curating the way you do business according to your strengths and weaknesses. And if there's anything that's come up since listening to this episode where you're like, actually, I didn't realize that that was a strength or I didn't realize that that was a weakness. And that's something that I'm interested in exploring. So come on over and join the conversation in our community. The links are all in the bio, but we're on Instagram, Facebook and Clubhouse. And as always, I will see you next time in the Brand Lounge.